You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jennifer Langash, who covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. Jen, you are leaving for spring training in a week, less than a week, less than a week, Danny. I leave on Sunday, but a week from today, the Cardinals will be holding their first official workout of spring training. So it is actually almost here. Jen, did we blink and it was here? Because I know we just drag on and on every week about, you know, two weeks out, three weeks out, whatever. But I feel like I blinked and it was here this year. Yeah, and I think some of it, Danny, is because of how slow the baseball offseason has been, right? I mean, usually you have all this kind of frenzy of activity in the hot stove season, and then January rolls around, you start previewing kind of the season ahead, but we've been kind of in, you know, kind of stuck in place and a little bit of quicksand here, waiting for for things to happen on the free agent market. So yeah, I think in a way, spring training has snuck up on us. Um, I will tell you, though, I was at Bush Stadium a couple hours ago. The Cardinals were loading up their equipment truck. Okay. New trucks are headed to Florida later today. So it really is around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. And you are working on um, a series around the horn, finishing that up. Yeah, there's one more part to go, I believe. Um, And you wrote about the rotation. So you and I are going to break that down, mostly you because you're the expert here. But you and I are going to break that down and fit those pieces in. So Miles Michaelis clearly um, the front runner uh, to start opening day and to really just build on an incredible campaign that he had last season. Kind of surprising. I think we talked about that, um, but in a, in the best way possible um, that, that I don't think everybody saw coming. So after Michael is Jen, who fills out the rest of that starting four? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be something to watch Danny throughout spring training because the Cardinals have legitimately 10 candidates for the rotation. That being said, I think it's pretty obvious to pinpoint the five kind of with an inside track. You you mentioned Miles Michaelis. He'll come back anchoring the rotation. Carlos Martinez, um, Jack Flaherty, two guys who have, I think, higher ceilings than Miles Michaelis, but also maybe a little bit more to prove. You'll see them in the rotation. Carlos, of course, moving back to the starting role after finishing last year in the bullpen. Then you have Michael Walker coming back from injury. I think people forget that the first half of Michael Walker's season last year, he was on track to be an NL All-Star before that oblique injury. And unfortunately for him, that oblique injury kept him out the final three months of the year. But he is back. He is healthy and excited. He's also entering his final year before free agency. So there's a lot personally on the line for him financially as well. That fifth spot You know, I think right now you have to pencil in Adam Wainwright until he shows otherwise, if he's not ready for that or if the Cardinals feel maybe he's a better fit in the bullpen. But for now, they're going to give him every opportunity to re-earn a spot in the rotation. Wainwright, of course, signed the one-year deal in October to come back. A very low base salary, Danny, but a lot of incentives for him to, to kind of bump that up if he's able to have a good year. And, you know, I think as I kind of forecast this rotation and think about questions that I have, you know, for me, the biggest one remains, what are we going to get from Adam Wainwright? Is it going to be vintage Wayno? Or is it going to be aging way now? And I think that's going to dictate a lot about how this rotation moves forward. Yeah, and I can see, Jen, I can just picture it right now. He's going to have a crop of reporters around him in Florida, and he's going to have this giant grin on his face, 
confident as ever about what he's going to be able to do this year. And the guy just exudes it. It's, it's bleeding out of him um, and, and what he feels for this team, for St. Louis, and for what he wants to do and, and finish his career um, in, in the most positive way possible. I can just picture this right now. I can't wait to see this video um, come in next week in two weeks. But yeah, that was that was one of my biggest questions as well. Where does he fit in? And Jen, do you think, let's say the Cardinals say, listen, actually, we've we've got someone else. We want to slot in that fifth spot who surprised us during spring. What happens if that happens? Does Wayno does Wayno say, okay, I'll, I'm fine moving to the bullpen? Does he put up a fight? What happens? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think if it's a situation where Wayno pitches well in spring, even if somebody else, say, dominates in spring, I still think Adam Wainwright is going to start the year in the rotation. Now, it's a different conversation if he has a really troublesome and rocky spring and, and somebody else emerges as, you know, a clear um, candidate for the rotation. You know, in that respect, yeah, I think the bullpen is a real option. And I think Wainwright realizes that. And, you know, one of the indicators being that the contract that he signed not only had incentives built in based on games started, started and, and innings pitched, but also on appearances out of the bullpen. So he can make money to pitching in a relief role. The Cardinals wanted to kind of leave both paths open. Um, certainly Adam Wainwright thinks of himself as a starting pitcher. He wants to end his career as a starting pitcher. He also, though, has enough self-awareness and enough of a team-first attitude that I think if he realizes he can be a bigger asset for this club in the bullpen at some point, whether that's in March, April, or September, uh, I think that would be a move that he would be open to making. Especially if this team is is a front runner or is neck and neck with another team in the NL Central moving to the bullpen, knowing that he can serve his team the best that way. That's definitely, I think, something that Wayno Wayno would would go for. So, okay, so that answers that question, Jen. I can't really see him having a bad spring either. So we'll just say he's slotting into that fifth spot as of right now. We'll, we'll pencil him in there. My next question for you is Carlos Martinez. And you wrote about in your story his ceiling. But, Jen, I, I feel like, Every year we, we talk about how good Carlos Martinez is and we see these flashes of brilliance from this guy, but it's never an entire season of brilliance. What can he do in your eyes in 2019 to really get to that, to that next step, that next level that I feel like so many people can see him achieving. Yeah, it's that's a really good way to put it, Danny, because, you know, in some respects, you look at Carlos Martinez the last couple of years and there's like a tinge of disappointment that he wasn't better. You look at his numbers, though, they've been really good. I think mm-hmm. there's been such high expectations for Carlos to be an elite pitcher, to be somebody that you talk about in the Cy Young conversation. Because that's what his pitch, you know, repertoire, you know, provides that sort of optimism and he hasn't gotten there yet. So how does he get there? I mean, I think there's a couple things you have to start with health. And that's a big question because of what we saw from Carlos last year, three different injuries, all I, you know, I would suspect somewhat related, even though they were different parts of his body, he's got to stay healthy. And hopefully, you know, it's, it's too late. It hasn't been the case now, but hopefully he's had a good off season in terms of training and preparation. So that's going to be key. Number one, number two, and this is a word that he brings up all the time, focus. And I'll note that that's prop that's focus on the field and off the field. You know, there's been some issues that Carlos has had off the field that I think um, take away from his focus of pitching and kind of being an elite starting pitcher. If he can kind of hone himself in, 
and then on the mound have a stronger, stricter focus, I think that can take him far. I think the other thing we need to see uh, is better starts to his starts. I mean, we see a lot of times that he is a guy who labors through the first inning, who gets into some trouble. Even if he gets out of it without allowing any runs, you see a pitch count of 20, 25 pitches. He's got to be sharper out of the gate. Maybe that will necessitate a little bit of a change in terms of how he prepares right before a start or the pitches he throws in the bullpen. But he's got to come out of the gate starting like he did as a reliever. You know, he was so good coming out of the bullpen and pitching a short stints. Somehow Carlos can channel that into coming out strong in his starts. I think that sets him up because for whatever reason, he typically tends to get better as he goes deeper into games. Okay, so now we move from the starting rotation, Jen, over to the bullpen. And as it has gone all offseason with every big free agent, the Cardinals fans want to know, are the Cardinals in on all the free agents on the market? So Craig Kimbrell is is no different. And as of right now, uh, Boston doesn't look like it's budging unless he's going to bring his number down. And I know that Boston is has a soft spot in his heart for many reasons. Jen, I know that um, his his um, child was born last year, and they uh, were they were in the hospital for a lot of spring training. And Boston's um, Children's Hospital took great great care of his child. And so I know that that besides the baseball factor, I think Boston has become kind of a pseudo home for him and his family. But does it make sense for him to be on the Cardinals? You know, I think the Cardinals probably are in the same position as Boston. They're not going to go after Craig Kimbrell if he is really asking for a five or six year deal worth around $100 million, which is what the reports were earlier this offseason. Given kind of where we are, that it's, you know, almost the second week of February and just seeing where the market has taken things, I don't think he's going to get near that much. So, would he fit here in St. Louis? Yeah, heck he would. Uh, you know, the Cardinals still have questions, I think, surrounding who's going to close games here. I mean, I know they went out and got Andrew Miller, but one of the reasons they got Andrew Miller is so that they can deploy him in big situations against, less, against left-handed hitters. Well, if that situation comes up in the seventh or eighth inning, you're not going to hold back Andrew Miller to pitch the ninth. And, you know, then you have to lean on Jordan Hicks. So all that being said, yeah, the Cardinals could use another late-inning arm, certainly, they have the financial flexibility to still spend, right? I mean, they didn't go out and spend big bucks this offseason, mostly because they were able to acquire Goldschmidt uh, via trade instead of having to go out and add that impact hitter in free agency. So, I mean, I'd consider them a dark horse of sorts for Craig Krimble, but that price, that asking price would have to come down substantially from where it was at the beginning of the offseason for the Cardinals to pounce. But I will say this, Danny. I think it's one interesting thing to watch throughout camp this year, particularly with the Cardinals. I wouldn't be surprised if they do pounce again in this free agent market. There's too many good players available at various positions. If they start going through camp and identify an area of need, that's very clear that this team is all in on 2019 based on the moves that they've already made. Why would you hesitate to go make one more if that player is still out there? So um, the one thing they did learn though last year is signing a guy on opening day probably the best move. So I would think that move would probably come earlier to or mid-March. Kimbrell, obviously uh, incredible at what he does and, um, you know, one of the best in the game right now, but maybe not, maybe not headed to St. Louis uh, to be that ninth inning guy. Lastly, Jen, Alex Reyes. Um, he is obviously one of the top prospects for the Cardinals. And I forget that he's still a prospect, Jen. He's number 33 overall on MLBpipeline.com. And I know they're reorganizing every team's top 30. 
right now, but he's still a top prospect and he's had Tommy John surgery and he's had some issues off the field and everyone wants to know when is Alex Reyes going to shine? What's he going to do? Um, and I, and we've talked about him a little bit this off season where, what do you, what do you think he, he's got to prove in spring training, Jen? And we do think he's going to start in the bullpen, right? Yeah, most likely. I mean, first off, Alex Reyes wishes he weren't a top prospect anymore because he would like to have <laughs> logged more innings the last two years than the four that he got last year. Um, but you're right. This will be the fourth straight year that he'll enter the season as the Cardinals number one prospect. That being said, what does he have to prove right now? It's health. And he's come into spring training feeling really good. You know, we spoke to him a couple weeks ago when he was in town for Cardinals winter warmup. And he started his throwing program and kind of progressing as he's expected to. But how is he going to do as he ramps that up um, in intensity and then as he starts to face hitters and then in game situations? So, you know, for me, as I identify kind of, you know, some intriguing players to watch this spring, Alex Reyes tops my list. So um, curious to see how health plays out. And then the question, of course, becomes role because you're balancing. We got to keep this guy healthy. He is very much a wild card, but also a weapon. But he's also going to have a limited workload because, again, the reality is he has pitched four major league innings over the last two years. So I would suspect that he will open the year in the bullpen just so the Cardinals can at least monitor his innings um, and make that workload work so that you know September and potentially October roll around he can still be a weapon for this team and not be shut down last thing Jen as you take off for spring training for Florida warmer weather what happens when you get there what's you know just walk people through you know what it's like from your vantage point um you know there's a is there a media avails are you are you watching guys during photo days what what's it like when you first um you know, set foot down in Florida. Yeah. So we joke, Danny, that every day is a Tuesday because every day for <laughs> weeks feels like a Tuesday because they're, they're all the same. Um, long days at the complex, but the first two weeks, you know, the team will be mostly just going through workouts, no games just yet. So we'll be watching a lot of drills, seeing pitchers get on the mound, you know, facing hitters, those sorts of things. There is a great amount of availability. You know, players are also somewhat excited or at least not, not excited to see the meet. <laughs> for several months. Um, so it's a great opportunity to sit down with guys, talk to them about their off season, about their goals and kind of expectations that lie ahead. And, you know, then once you get into grapefruit league action toward the end of February and throughout the month of March, really then see how things come together. But I'll tell you, one of the things I'm looking forward to early in camp is just seeing how Mike Schilt and his new coaching staff, how they put their prints on this camp. I mean, we've never seen Mike Schilt run a spring training. So um, I don't think there's going to be drastic differences than how camp was run previously, but I'm sure there will be some nuanced changes. And, and his hope is that it'll be a more efficient and more effective camp. And we'll see how that manifests itself. Yeah, less than a week, Jen. You will you will have so many news and notes and stories to share. And I, I can't wait. I'm kind of giddy about it. I'm ready for the season to start. It's been a nice winter. It hasn't been too awful up in New York. I know it's been um, – we've had some polar vortexes across the country, you and I, but I'm, I'm ready for the season to start. So I'm excited to hear from you next week. Yeah, I'm excited to see some baseball again too, Danny. And just the fact that there will be regular season baseball next month, uh, I think it's everybody excited. <laughs> it does. It does. I love it, Jen. All right. Listen, if you are just coming out from under a rock and ready to know what is happening in the baseball world, cardinals.com, MLB.com. You can follow Jen on Twitter. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jen Langosh. We'll talk to you guys next week.